Okay, good morning, everybody. This is Tony Fleming and our 8 a.m. Eastern Book Club call. We do this call every Saturday morning, 8 a.m. Eastern, uh, 7 a.m. Central, and 5 a.m. Pacific time. And we talk about a particular book on this call. It's not a one of the, uh, one of the book club calls where you know every 30 days read a book. You know, we read ours, um, you know, till we finish. <laughs> so, and then some of us still don't finish, but we go over, you know couple of months. We call it the book of the moment, not the book of the month. So our book of the moment is still The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol, uh, old school classic. And um, the reason that we read a lot is because we know that, uh, you know, we got to have a paradigm shift. we got to change some of the things that have been programmed in us at an early age because experts say that that's the, that's the time that we get programmed, you know, from the womb to age nine. Everything sticks because you got a clean slate on your mind. Whatever you hear growing up, it sticks. So if you grew up in a poor neighborhood or a middle-class neighborhood, the thoughts that you that you received in those neighborhoods from your friends, relatives, you know, uh, pastor, parents, those were middle-class and poor poor thoughts. You know, uh, I was going to say poor class. I've never heard of poor class, but poor thoughts. And uh, we have to address that if we're going to move forward and advance financially because some of those thoughts are holding us back. Now, we also load this book club call on a podcast platform, actually on 16 different ones from Breaker to iTunes to Spotify to Apple. I mean, we got them on a bunch of them. So if you run across this while you're out there, uh, understand that this is not a podcast. It's not a book club podcast. It's a book club conference call that we load on the podcast platforms and, you know, for, for replay purposes, for you to go back and listen to it over and over and over. Also, for you to share it to people. You know, share it. If you like it, share it. If you don't like it, share it. <laughs> because you never know who you share it with. They might like it. It's free to do it. Uh, good information, I'm telling you. If we could change the world, you know, one person at a time, is worth that for it to be free. And I guarantee this information is some powerful stuff if you actually uh, sit still, listen to it, take notes, and apply that information. So we got a guest speaker this morning. She's on the line. I already know that. So, But let me play this, and then we'll be right back, and I'll introduce the guest speaker. Warren Buffett once said, the more you learn, the more you earn. Warren Buffett, one of the wealthiest humans on the planet, is famous for reading more than five hours every day. Bill Gates reads one book per week. Mark Cuban, three hours a day. Oprah, well, she's just obsessed with books. Notice the common theme here? Successful people never stop learning. You're trying to get your freedom? You're trying to learn how to read? You're trying to escape? Uh-uh. It's Saturday and it's 8 a.m., folks. It's that time. Time for the 8 a.m. blog talk book club. Let's go, folks. It's time to stimulate the mind. Time to hear thought-provoking words. When we read, your imagination improves. You become smarter. It reduces the stress. Yes, that's right. It reduces the stress. Let's go, folks. I love that part with this. Da, 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 da. Yeah. I know it don't sound like that because she can't sing like me, but, you know, that's that's how it sounds. So, all right, so I, my speaker this morning who's going to actually take over the book club call, I text her. I said, you ready? You fired up? You enthusiastic? He said, what, what's the guy say? If I'm going to be, no, no, that's a different one. You enthusiastic? You fired up? She said, yeah. She said, yeah. I said, I don't know. I don't think I believe that. I really don't believe that. So I, what I'm going to do this morning to get her going, because she's going to tell you all about maybe ten times the city she's from. She's going to tell you that maybe in the beginning, in the end, in the middle. She's going to tell you, if you didn't know I was from, you know, she's going to let you all know that. So to get her fired up, I got something for her this morning. So let's go, and I'm going to play this because, you know, I can play it because nobody is standing over us. Nobody tells us what we can do. We do what we want to do, so I got to get her fired up. So I'm going to do this this morning. Let's go! Hey. 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 
chest Got me busting at you in the lane Yeah, I know With a street From the gutter, pimp type slash drug dealer Born and raised in that ill Memphis in a sea Before it's said and done, you don't remember me This only the beginning, I got a lot to say It's been a long time, and you got hell to pay Ain't no love just bring it to the dope. I fall on your let my new hang through the flow. So if you won't serve, this is your death wish. Better come correct because I can't come break you off. Trick, walk that trick. 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 Got me acting fucky. Telling me to calm down, but I'm like. I'm already on that hip, Dalek and that great boost, a couple of shots are here, that just gave me another boost, I'm feeling electrified, you can see it in my eyes, I'm soaking wet, looking like I just got baptized, drop the drum like a wino, at a liquor store for crook, like some sanctified folks, catching the Holy Ghost. I'm <laughs> like the sanctified folks, catching the Holy Ghost. <laughs> They thought wealth 
and their coming to possess it was quite similar to my own experience related earlier in this book. It is always the same technique, no matter what your desires. Get the picture of you want and keep telling yourself that you're going to get it. But don't think it's going to come to you if you merely indulge in a period of watchful waiting. That, that's in the Bible. Faith without works is dead. Go, that wasn't in the book. I just threw that. Well, that's in the big book, but not in this book. Go to work. Always keeping your goal in mind and start saving. Every dollar you save out of your weekly paycheck is a step nearer to the fortune that is going to be yours. We always heard that pay ourselves first. Consider it such and save as many dollars as you can. The more you save, the faster you will build that fortune. Now, that was back in 48. When I was reading this last night, I was like, come on, Mr. Bristol. You got to tell us something more than saving now, but it gets, it gets gooder and gooder on down here. The more you save, the faster you will build that fortune. Then put your savings out at interest, invest them where they will work advantageously for you, not by gambling or playing the market, but in securities of proven work, in real estate, or in a business of your own. Now he's talking our talk. I felt better when I heard him mention at least investment, real estate, or a business of your own. As your investment grows under your money consciousness, you'll be agreeably surprised to find that the more you have, the more you accumulate. Furthermore, you'll find it exciting and stimulating. Yes, money is very exciting and, and, and stimulating to me. Opportunities for profitable investments will come to you from many unexpected and unknown sources. But don't, get, but don't make the mistake that many do and will and follow. Willow the wisp. Now, that's the term. Now, I'm from Memphis, Tennessee, but I never heard of Willow the Wisp. But Willow the Wisp, <laughs> get sound advice before you invest a cent. And we can apply that to every day. We've heard of cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, this coin, that coin, all of that. Definitely seek sound advice before you invest a cent. Now, before I go to page 97, as Ms. Shinnevert instructed me, Mr. Fleming, do you have anything to say about what I just read? He might be able to um, dance. You know, I, I think, um, you know, you gave, uh, I can't, I don't think I can really add to it, but what, what would be your major point out of that, though? You did say that, um, you know, make sure you get sound advice when it comes to investments. But you, you said something like right before that about you know, now. Now I'm really feeling you because you're talking about something else. Would you? What are you saying about a business or something? Yeah. Well, the main point I got out of this, even though we have to put money in our consciousness, we have to mm -hmm. put forth forth effort. Like uh, um, we're exposed to a lot of personal development, a lot of books, a lot of audio, mm -hmm. audios, YouTube University. But we can't sit there and consume that 24-7. we got to gotcha. put the work in plus doing that. So that's right. the main thing I got out of that, um, those paragraphs. Yeah, that's the thoughts, feelings, and action. You know, you can have the thoughts, you can have the feelings, but you, if you don't put the action in on a daily basis, and that's where some people lose it at. But, you know, I think the challenge is um, um, you know, some people don't are not going to do it regardless when it comes to putting that action in. And here's, and that's why a lot of times I keep talking about these books, like this book, Magic of Believing, I'm talking about, um, you know, the audios and things like you said. Uh, you do both. Um, but if you look at the real world that we're in, you know, because I even heard, I think Preacher Fan kept saying that. He's like, well, they get caught up in reading, and they get caught up in listening to audios and stuff, and then, you know, they really don't do anything. Well, I think that they're not going to do anything anyway. I don't think that the audios and the books are keeping them from doing something. If you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> I think yeah, I understand. That, yeah, I think that some people are just not going to do anything anyway. And that's why I still preach the books and audios. I'm like, well... 
at least do that. Because <laughs> if, if you don't do the audios and you don't do the, the three for three like you do, you put the work in and you do the audios and the books. But if you're not going to do that, I would prefer you stay doing this. Because I don't think that I don't think that books and audios are actually holding you up. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they're really keeping you from doing what you're supposed to do. I think it's your mindset and your thoughts. Because I always say, if we take all the books off the shelf, take all the audios off the shelf, and then we ship them all off to the moon, those people who are not doing anything, they'll find something else to keep them from not doing anything. You know yeah, what I'm saying? They'll find, they'll, they'll find TV. They'll find... Uh, alcohol, they'll find sex, they'll find something else that will distract them from doing what they're supposed to do. So, um, you know, the, the perfect world would be you. You know, thoughts, feelings, and action. The perfect world would be you listening to the audio. The perfect world would be you listen to read the books. And the perfect world would be you doing the activities that you do every single day. I know you do the activities. Um, now, the ones who are not, I still believe that's that thought process and that mindset that's holding them back, you know. Uh, and that's the thing, man. I tell you, uh, we we are programmed so deep for so many years. And in, every time I say this, you know what, I hear people making excuses with that. I'm not making excuses. I'm just telling you where you are, you know, where people are, you know, because where I right. am and where I, you know, I look at everything that I've read and done and some of that stuff that's still in me because it was programmed, you know, at an early age. And so government tried to get you early, even trying to get you before kindergarten. Now I read something, <laughs> you know, I'm saying, you know, kindergarten was real early, and they're trying to get you before that now. It started feeding your mind. But, yeah, excellent point, though. I got it. Yeah, and I think a lot of times in the business that we're in, I think sometimes getting absorbed in personal development and not doing the activities, makes us feel like we're doing the business. Now, I'm not sitting here saying I'm perfect by no mm -hmm. means. Some days my activities mm -hmm. are better than others, like earlier this mm -hmm. week, and I always send you and Miss Horsley my um, activities, and you'll see I grouped them together Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. It was some activity, but it wasn't what I was used to doing for whatever reason. But a lot of times um, people might use personal development as thinking that they're doing the business. And I think it makes you feel better <laughs> by doing that. So at least well, you know, I, well, yeah, I agree with you totally. But I guess the <laughs> point, again, is I'd rather for them, I guess, to make them feel better by doing that instead of turning to the movie channel, instead of turning to... Right. Because they're going to turn to something else if they ain't got that. It ain't like right. that's what's holding them up because they're doing that and they feel better about themselves by doing that and they feel they're doing that. You know, I, I hadn't seen over the years that a person would just, you know, if they didn't have that, they would actually do it. Because if that's the case, I'll do my best to get every book, every audio, every video out of the way and let them go to work. But I just don't... I hadn't seen that where a person go go to work. And so I would hope that if they did stay there and feel like they're doing something, eventually it might click. You know what I'm saying? I don't, and I ain't no guarantee, Tammy, because, you know, it's years and years of stuff. It don't guarantee, but, you know, I just, I just feel like I, people would, people would not, they, they'll replace it with something else. They would not go to work and say, since I don't have the books, I don't have the audios, I don't have this. You know, I'm going to go to work now. Because if that's the case, I swear I'll let all this go. You know what I'm saying? Because <laughs> it would be better for everybody going to work than just listening to this stuff. And being a, I, because that's the, that's the end goal. The end goal is right. to get you to read these books and audios so you can go to work and, and do it. Because, you know, we could cut out this part if I know that, Okay, let's say right now we're in the book club for an hour. If I know that this hour right now, that people will be working. <laughs> you know, you know they're not. No, we're going to be watching the Flintstones. Right, exactly. <laughs> It'll be a percentage working, but them same folks, at least they're feeding their mind, hopefully, and doing that, and, you know, you never know what comes from that. But I do know this, the, the movie channel or whatever else, the channels that people watch now, the other flicks and everything else that folks watch, that ain't going to do it. 
So if we yeah, can, I if we agree. Can, yeah, if we can get them to this point to where you let them feel like that, let them feel like they're doing something, um, and hopefully they might read something that's going to click. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree, because even when I was in between companies or in another company and not partner with you, one thing mm-hmm. I have done consistently over the years is get on your personal development calls and your book club calls. And I feel 100% that if I had not, done that, I would not still be in this industry because you can have a, a a lot of success. I've had a lot of success before, and I've had no success before, but I've stuck the course only because of personal development. So you're definitely you know right. What? You know what? Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm almost done. Yeah, I'm saying, you know what? Just me saying what I said, I just thought about it. I don't know if I want that either because, you know, when it says to, remember I just told y'all if if y'all would put the work in, then we wouldn't need the book club or the audios. But listening to you, what you said, is makes me think back. I just I just really cancel myself out because if y'all just put the work in and didn't do this, that's not three for three. You know what I'm saying? That's not right. because that's like my granddaddy who put the work in going to that plant every day. He went to that plane. Now he could, he he could, he put the action in. Now he would work work overtime, come home with all the smut on top of him, and then, but his thought process was he didn't have that. You know, I can win in life. I can grow my business. See, that's what this mindset stuff does. So you got to have all of it to be honest with you. So I have to take that statement back because listening to what you just said when you were doing something else, putting the action in, you still was listening to this stuff and hearing this stuff because. That makes you go three for three. So right. let me let me let me let me change all of that I just said earlier. That's not the truth because I just said if y'all would really go to work, you don't need none of this. No, you still need it because that's yeah, the thoughts and the feelings. It. Yeah, that's the thoughts yeah. and the feelings that you have to have. You need it because when that rejection slaps you upside the oh, head, man. or when that check when that check isn't the size of your peers, you definitely right. need it. <laughs> Right, and that's so true, man. I was talking to uh, the guy I played on the call the day, Lewis, the one that he's about to get out of prison, and he was talking about uh, things that he got to do until he can get his act together because you know how people are going to look at him and and uh, and how people are going to, you know. Yeah, exactly, because, he, he, you know, when they find out he's been in 21 years, they're going to look at him sideways. So his whole thing was, you know, I'm I'm reading and studying up on sales because – I gotta. I'm gonna have to find something that I could do, you know what I'm saying? Uh, because I gotta deal with that part of my. Because just getting out is good, but now to get into a routine, there's some things that you're gonna have to do, and that that part there, that mindset part, and the sales part, and all that, you know, that has to be a part of uh, his life in the beginning at least until he gets going with that. But you know, uh, the thoughts and the action is true. You know, you gotta. You know, you got, I mean, just by what you just said, you know, that you were still listening to this and you still were reading, even though wherever you are, you were putting the action in. Because, you know, action without thought is really, you know, that's not success. That's true. Because think about it, all the people that go to work every day, it's a lot of hardworking people. That's right. You see what I'm saying? <laughs> my dad's been. My dad was hardworking. I mean, he worked 40 years as a teacher, and he worked every job that you can name part time. He worked hard. Right. You know, he didn't come to none of my football games because he was at work. You know, mm-hmm. he said he was. You know, he was. He worked hard, but that thought and that and that mindset part was not there. Right. But Man. his son picked it up. Mom say, how, hey, how did you get out of my house? Well, some of the stuff that I say, how did you get out of my house thinking like that? Like, hey, I didn't come out of your house thinking like this. I, I changed that later on. <laughs> right. And whatever Lewis um, puts his mind to, he's going to be a beast. Right. When is the right. next time you're going to play one of his um, recordings? Uh, you know what? I'm, looking, I'm listening to brilliant. some stuff now, Paul. I'm going to do it next week sometime, so we're going to hear some more of that. Good. And y'all need to get back on this line, 7 a.m. Um, <laughs> Eastern, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday to catch Lewis. That man is a beast. But yeah. we're going to continue. Page um, 97, uh, kind of starting at the second paragraph. First things come first, always. And if a man feels and believes 
he is entitled to do a better job and has prepared himself for it, then with the use of this science, he can get that job or some other as good or better. So you definitely must prepare and get your skill set down pat, whether that's role playing, whether that is, uh, you know, uh, just finding YouTube videos on whatever industry that you want to be an expert in. Because I think if you have like, and you could correct me, Mr. Fleming, 10,000 hours of training in whatever industry you're in, whether it's sales, whether it's in real estate or whatever, you're considered an expert. A well-known executive once said to me, the difficulty I see with most people seeking employment is that they are so wrapped up in themselves that they make no effort to impress their prospective employer with what they can do to help him, overlooking the fact that the other fellow is only interested in you to the extent that you can help him. Now, me reading this paragraph, I didn't realize this was the mindset back in 1948. That sounds like the mindset in 2021. So that, that's very interesting to read. Well, you <laughs> know why? Re- why? Because it's people? It's the same system. The system hasn't changed. The programming hasn't oh, changed. Yeah. So it's the same system. Oh, okay. But back then they had maybe, did they even have TV in 48, three channels instead of 500 or something? Yeah, it was, but that programming part was not there yet. That's when they really doubled down and tripled down with the media. But I'm saying the programming through the school system, you know, the same stuff that you were getting. Oh, the yeah. The criminal stuff was there, yeah. Okay, okay. To some of my readers, this may appear a cold-blooded attitude. But in the world of competition, self-interest is a reality that all prospective employees must face. There is an old saying that if you do not follow your own thoughts, then you will follow the thoughts of the fellow who followed his. And it means exactly what it says. It marks the difference between a leader and a follower. You do not think or use your creative ability are always being – let me start that over. You who do not think or use your creative ability are always being given orders by those who do. That's true. We start that in school and and on up to college, on into the workforce. Unless you are willing to think, you will have to labor physically. And this means you will receive less for your work. And even in these um, days and times when the world is so fast-paced, so many challenges, health challenges, well, I don't know if it's an employment challenge. I think it's more jobs out there now. Maybe they don't pay much. <laughs> the world is taken for um, spin. We have to stop, whether you do meditation or whether you sit in silence for at least 15 minutes a day. And that's not as easy as it is. But just even on your lunch break, just go to your car and just sit for 15 minutes and just Think and then take a notepad with you and jot down your thoughts because, and then the problems that you're facing in life or on your job, in your career, in your business, you'd be surprised if you just stop and be still and listen to yourself. You can come up with solutions for that. But if we never stop and think and take out the AirPods and turn the TV off, and I'm a YouTube head, turn off YouTube. We just have to get silent, and those solutions will come to us. All right, let me continue on. Therefore, visualize the kind of job you want and use your cards and constant affirmations until belief in your goal becomes a vital part of you and you feel it in your blood, your bones, and in every tissue of your body. See yourself actually doing the things you visualize, and it will all work out. Because every thought held constantly and persistently sooner or later materializes after its kind. All of you sometime in your life have taken vacation trips. Yep, I'm a vacation girl. Did you ever stop to analyze the mental process involved? First you got the idea of the trip. That's true. Then you decided where you would go, and shortly you began to visualize yourself in the mountains, at the seashore, of visiting some new city, and the vacation turned out as planned because you saw yourself doing it. Actually, before the vacation trip became a reality, could anything be clearer 
Whatever you want to do, just apply the same principles and you will get the same successful results. And I, that brings me back to a story that you always tell, Mr. Fleming, how you had packed some boxes up and you had a dream book or a dream board and then you had your dream house on it. And then when you and Shelly moved into your new home, you found the box and you had moved into the home that you visualized years, years ago. Did I get that correct? You got it correct. Okay. You know, also, I had forgotten about it. I had, you know, I had put that grind in looking at it every single day in the work for about four years. And, you know, I didn't think that it wasn't going to come. I didn't think, it's just that, you know, I called myself getting busy, which I did, and I and I kind of just put that stuff to the side. And then when it when it happened and he started seeing it, then I went back and thought about how long I did that. You know what I'm saying? Because mm-hmm. uh, I'm still thinking about that now, which is, which is, um, you know, it's tough because, you know, at that point in my life, uh, you know, my belief was so strong in that stuff that I was doing, even though I hadn't seen anything, you know, uh, but I, I kept doing it, kept doing it, kept doing it. And then when it started to happen, I didn't realize that it was actually happening, so I started doing it, and I put the stuff down. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so uh, here's the thing that's that's on my mind every day too, Tammy, is that uh, I know things could even speed up and change again if I got that intense with it, but that's a fight, man. Every day, even when I do it now, I realize how intense I was then and how I am now. I don't know if that's being comfortable, I don't know if that's, uh, I don't know what that is, but I'm telling you what Maybe. you just said is true, if a person can get that burning desire, because some of y'all might have it, and some of y'all might be doing it, and I don't know, because that thing is, you know, what I did was, you know, I was intense with it, you know, like three, four times a day, and and when it started to happen, I didn't realize that was a three-year period of me just being that intense, a four-year period of me just being that intense. Uh, to do that again is what I know needs to happen. But, you know, I don't know. It's, it's like, you know, I, I don't know if it's comfortability. I don't, I'm, I'm not, because I'm not really, you know, comfortable. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't, I don't know, but I'm glad you're kind of talking about that now, because that, that thing, you have to, what is it he called? White intensity. I think Bob Proctor mm. calls it white intensity, where you really just intense with it on a daily basis and doing the work. And so you kind of create that thought. And, you, you know, you said, too, also, uh, whatever you want to do, just apply the same principles. And, uh, you know, when it comes to, like you said, the, you visualize the vacation, you visualize all that stuff and saw yourself doing that, getting there. Uh, you know, when it comes to us creating those ideas and, and business and money, it, it, mm-hmm. it's it's deeper. You got to really get more intense than you do with the vacation, because with the vacation oh, or yeah. car, you kind of believe that. Mm-hmm. With the intensity of getting to a hundred grand a year or a million dollars a year, most of us don't believe that. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So that means we got to have that white heat, that white intensity on a regular basis almost triple down more than we would do when it came to the vacation and the car, even though what you're saying is actually true. But it's almost like that the life we've lived so far coming from the neighborhoods we come from, whew, you know what I'm saying? That, that's why I say it's a, it's, a, it's a white heat, white intensity that you really got to put in it when it comes to goals and dreams. Do you think it's more distractions today than it was years oh, ago that makes it's, us it's not more, but as you know, it's more distractions. As we were? Yeah, it's more distractions, but it's also more opportunity. It's also oh, yeah. more ability. Like, for example, you know, 20 years ago, you couldn't go to YouTube and, and, and listen to affirmations and watch videos of people having success and mm-hmm. doing that kind of stuff. So you could... You could literally take that stuff and feed your mind on a regular basis now, and the, but but the problem is you get distracted from that because you got right. other stuff pulling from you. Now years back you didn't have other stuff pulling from you, but then you didn't have that. So it's almost like the more opportunity you get, the more distractions you have. 
That's true. See what I'm saying? Like the more, uh, you know, yeah. the more uh, they have the ability. Like you can go to YouTube and see, um, you know, Monaco. You can go to YouTube and see Europe. You can go to YouTube and see. Mm-hmm. Before people couldn't go anywhere and see that. You had to open up a encyclopedia and maybe see a little bitty tiny picture or something like that. Right, right, so, right. I gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to move on to page ninety-eight. I think I'm on. You will remember the card device, which I explained in detail. There is another device, which I call the mirror technique. Before explaining it, I want to tell you how I happened to discover what a truly wonderful thing it is and how it can be used to bring quicker and more effective results. Many years ago, I was the dinner guest of a very wealthy man who owned many patents covering logging and sawmill machinery. He invited a number of newspaper publishers, bankers, and industrial leaders to his suite in a prominent hotel in order to explain a new method he had devised for meal operations. And I love this story. That's why I'm kind of laughing. Liquor flowed freely. Wonder what they had, Mr. Fleming. Patron of Jack Black. Johnny Walker in. Liquor flowed freely, and it wasn't long before the host himself was very much intoxicated. Just before the dinner was served, I noticed him staggering into his bedroom and pulling himself up abruptly before his dresser. Thinking that I might help him, I followed him to the door of his room. As I stood there, I saw him grab the edge of the dresser top with both hands and stare into the mirror, all the same mumbling as a drunken man sometimes does. Then his words began to make sense and I moved back a little to watch the performance. I heard him say, John, you old, mm-mm-mm-mm-mm. They tried to get you drunk, but you're going to fool them. You're sober. You're sober. Cold sober. This is your party, and you've got to be sober. As he kept repeating these words while continuing to stare at the reflection of his eyes in the mirror, I noticed that a transfiguration was taking place. His body was becoming more erect, The muscles of his face were tightening, and his drunken look was disappearing. The whole performance was over in perhaps five minutes. But in all my experience as a newspaper man, and more especially as a police reporter, where I had the opportunity to observe many drunken people, I had never seen such a rapid change. Now, wanting him to know that I had observed him, I made for the bathroom. When I got back to the dining room, I found the host at the head of the table, and while his face was still a little flushed, to all appearances, he was sober. At the end of the dinner, he presented a very dramatic and convincing picture of his new plans. It wasn't until long afterward that I got a better understanding of the power of the subconscious mind, that I understood the science involved in transforming the obviously drunken man into a cold, sober host. Wow, that was a powerful story. I have for many years given the mirror technique to thousands of people with some very unusual results. During during these years, a large number of people came to me for help with their problems. Now, this is a trip here. I don't know about this paragraph, Mr. Fleming. I'm going to get Ms. Shenever, too. There were a surprising number of women, and practically all of them started their stories with weeping spells. Now, why we got to have weeping spells? What they mean? Women crying all the time? What in the world? The first thing, weeping spells. The first thing I did was to stand before a full-length mirror and have them take a good look at themselves. I made them look into their eyes and tell me what, tell me what they saw there. Cry babies or fighters? Their crying soon ceased. What what they were crying about? And those cases convinced me that a woman cannot weep, weep while looking herself in a mirror, <laughs> whether it be pride, shame, or the repudiated idea that they are weakling, Lord have mercy, that stops them short is of no moment. The fact remains that the tears cease flowing. I'm not even going to comment on that. That was very interesting, Mr. Fleming. Do you have anything to say about anything I just read? You know, during that time, that was during the time, now, if you go back and look at the books, you know, I mean, the data. When, when did you say this book was written? 48. 
So think about how they looked at women. Think about how they looked at black folks. So, you know, things yeah. have changed some now, a lot, I guess, but it's still, you know, you still got the isms, you know, sexism, racism, you still got that, but it has changed a lot. But, you know, in 48, man, you know, that was <laughs> way before the civil rights. So, you know, and women's rights, and even, you know, that's still coming around, if you understand right. that. So, right. Uh, that's the challenge okay. with that. But I want to go back to... When you when you explain the the mirror, can you explain the mirror technique? You know, in your words. Oh yeah, that was a great um, story that they did. Mm. This man, he I I don't know if the people got him drunk on purpose to try to mm. put put a little haterade in it, but to make a long story short, he got drunk. But then I'm so glad in his mind he probably said I don't know forgot his name Billy. This is a deal of a lifetime. You better get it together. And so he went to his room or whatever, and he looked at himself, and he spoke to himself. And then his body transformed, and he sobered up because he knew that he couldn't miss this chance. And he mm-hmm. got it together. So that's what I got from that story. So the power of the subconscious mind, like you always mentioned, the, the, the lady who the car was on top of the baby, how normally a woman couldn't lift a car. But if her child is under there, all of a sudden we find strength that we've never had before in our lives. That's the power of the subconscious mind. Like, I can do this, I got to do this, so I'm going to do this. So that's what I got from that uh, those paragraphs. So how can a person use that, like, in their business right now, even that wasn't drunk? You see, I, I, what I'm saying is even if you're not drunk or you're sobering yourself up, which is a great thing you should do, but you still should talk to yourself. You still should look in the mirror. You, should, you still should pace back and forth saying the things that you need to say. I remember it was a book that we read or it was a tape we listened to where the, where the guy, before he went into a meeting, he used to just fire himself up that way. He would say, uh, mm-hmm. God, I can't think of the words. Um, it was one of those Bob Chris books and, and, or Bob Chris audio. You know, Bob Chris was a big guy that was in Amway, and he, he said that the guy would pace back and forth getting mm-hmm. his mind right and saying, talking to himself out loud and just kept saying it over and over to, you know, to get himself right looking in the mirror. So, um, you know, all these things work. Uh, it's just that you have to be intense with it. You know, I'm thinking I don't get, I don't know about the intensity that, that we put into it. Remember I talked about the pastor that talked about how intense he was. He used to be hollering in the pulpit about how he, does the affirmations, and I forgot to come up, go look up that name that, you know, Christians use instead of affirmations in the church. Cause <laughs> y'all gave me a bunch of different answers. That wasn't the one that he was saying. But, um, okay. but you know, uh, yeah, that, that mirror technique should be, everybody should use that anyway, whether they're drunk or not. You know yeah, saying? I think I might use it a little bit when you make me speak in front of people and do trainings and things of that nature. <laughs> like, hey, mm. your name on the program. <laughs> <laughs> you dressed up. They waiting on you. So what you go do? <laughs> go up there and yeah. fly my kazoo or whatever. But no, <laughs> but you have to. <laughs> you have to. Play, you know, play just do it. Yeah, that one too. That one too. I knew you were going to come back. I couldn't think of the words. My daughter said, Mama, you will mess up a song. You had your own words. Yeah, but you have to psych yourself up because, you know, other people believe in you, so you have to believe in yourself because if they didn't believe in you, they wouldn't ask you. And even if you haven't been asked to do something, whether it's making that phone call, what what's the worst a person can do? Hang up on you or cuss you out. Those are only two bad things that could happen. And if they happen, hey, you're still living. So you have to psych yourself up every day, even at work or in business, in relationships, whatever you, you know, you're involved in. So I think we all use the mirror technique more than we can um, think of. If you got a traffic ticket and you're going in court, you got to plead your case. You got to, you know, be confident and, you know, possibly use that mirror technique. So I think I might use it, but I definitely need to use it uh, more. Yeah. Yes, okay. we all do. We all do. <laughs> okay, so now I'm wrapping it up. I'm in the middle of 99. Uh, many great orators, preachers, actors, and statesmen have used this mirror technique for years. 
Winston Churchill, according to Drew Pearson, never made a speech of importance unless he made it before mirror first. Pearson also declared that Woodrow Wilson employed the same technique. It's what I call a supercharging method of stepping up the subconscious forces of the speaker so that when he appears before an audience, those forces flow out to and affect his listeners. By using the mirror in rehearsing the speech as you are going to deliver it, you are creating at that moment a picture of yourself, your words, the sound of your voice, and your sight of the audience to which the immediate future is to bring reality. I've heard a lot of uh, great speakers, or I've read a lot of great speakers say, hey, if you're scared to, to speak in front of, front of an audience, just imagine everybody sitting in front of you naked, and you can yeah. get through it. With a, with, a, with a grin on your face, because that definitely would be a funny sight. But um, let's see. By using the mirror and rehearsing the speech as you are going to deliver it, you are creating at that moment a picture of yourself, your words, and the sound of your voice, and your sight of the audience to which the immediate future is to bring reality. By looking into the mirror, you increase the mental vibrations by which the force and meaning of your words will quickly penetrate to the subconscious mind of your audience. The mirror techniques gives a clue to the power and the personal magnetism of Billy Sunday, the evangelist. Was that his real last name, Billy Sunday? That's just interesting to me. You know, that Sunday could be his stage name. That could be his stage name. <laughs> <laughs> I knew Bill Sunday in his heyday and often heard him preach. But in those days, knowing little or nothing about this mind stuff, I was puzzled as to how he as well as Gypsy Smith. Now, that's another name that tripped me out. Gypsy Smith and other great evangelists, don't say nothing, Mr. Fleming, was able to influence people to such a remarkable degree. So I'm going to stop there, Mr. Fleming. And um, so this was very interesting. Miss Jennifer picked out some good pages for me to read and brought back some things that I had forgotten about and some techniques that I'm going to, you know, put forth this week in what I'm doing. Well, all right. Thank you. Uh, and where are you from again? Memphis, Tennessee. Hi, hi. Appreciate that. Thank you. And uh, all right, folks, we're gonna jump into the. To the mystery voices, I got this the day that we actually pay out on the same day. Somebody, I wish somebody could get like four in a row. And I really wish Preacher Man get all four of them so I don't have to pay anybody, but. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. Preacher, I think Preacher Man has lost his touch. He, he's, you know, he's, he's not in the game no more. He's falling back in the category with Mark G. Mark G been quiet for a while. I think he won 10, maybe two weeks ago or something like that. But you remember, he was. He was wiping the, the the he was wiping the board clean with the music, and uh, yeah, I had to cut that out. So, uh, <laughs> but nobody else winning. But preacher man has got kind of rusty here. So, all right, let's go. We got five today that I'm gonna do, and uh, let's start with the first one here. Y'all tell me who this is. Y'all ready? Here we go. You know, we formed a a bond. We won a championship together. You know when. You do the stuff on the court, and then y'all have a relationship off the court. Yeah. It just feel like, you know, you should be able to, as a man to man, let's go, let's talk about this. If you're going to jump ship, you know, let's let's talk, let's see why. You know why, why? what's going on. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> All right. Do that again. You know, we formed a, a bond. We won a championship together. You know, when you do the stuff on the court, and then y'all have a relationship right. off the court, yeah. it just Phil got that already. Phil said, I'm in the game, baby. Give me my 10. Give me my 10 so he can go on the subway and get him a subway meal today. Preacher man, um, preacher man didn't know. <laughs> he gave him a good shot. Preacher man said, Chris Webber. Nope, not Chris Webber. Uh, now he comes back with Jalen Rose. Nope, not Jalen Rose. So the answer is, uh, what's it? I'm gonna call him the. Uh, I ain't gonna give him that nickname. <laughs> he already got a nickname called the Truth. 
but that is actually Paul Pierce. Feel like, you know, you should be able to, as a man to man. Let's go. Let's talk about this. If you're gonna jump ship, you know, let's let's talk. Let's see why. You know why? What's going on? <laughs> he was thoroughly upset because he talking about Ray Allen. Him and Ray Allen was buddies, and when Ray Allen jumped ship and went to the Miami Heat to play with LeBron, which LeBron was the enemy. I mean, because you know they played with Boston and they had beat you know Cleveland with LeBron a few times, and so he was the enemy. You know, uh, but then when Ray Allen left, he didn't tell anybody. Well, Paul Pierce said he don't know if he talked to KG, but he said he didn't talk to me, and we were cool. You know, we hung out together. He got that deal, and, you know, he had to hear about it on ESPN. Uh, so that's what he was talking about. Like, you know, we won a championship together. We buddies. And, you know, it's like somebody, you know, your team, and the next thing you know, they're in another company with somebody else. They ain't said nothing to you. If you were real tight, now, you know, we know how the business works. Sometimes you have to do those things if you're going to do it. But if you're real tight, you got to say, look, you know, this is what I'm doing. So I, I feel, feel up 10. Let's see if you can keep going, Phil. So that was, a, that was an athlete. I'm going to switch to something else now, see, see if y'all get this. Hmm, preacher man, here you go. Americans all over are demanding a new sensibility, a new philosophy of government from Washington. Instead of sending spies to snoop on participants at Earth Day, I would welcome the efforts of concerned citizens of all ages to stop the abuse of our environment. Instead of watching a football game on television, while young people beg for the attention right, of their president concerning our actions abroad, I'll let that finish. Let me make sure Preacher Man is the only one. Oh, no, you got to tie Preacher Man. So I got to give Preacher Man five. And uh, <laughs> who is this? I don't even have my phone. Oh, that's Dr. Thomas. So Kevin. So Kevin got that, and Preacher Man got it. And here comes Tammy now with the answer. But I'm going to let it play uh, out. I would encourage them to speak out, organize for peaceful change, and vote in November. Instead of blocking efforts to control the huge amounts of money given political candidates by the rich and the powerful, I would provide certain limits on such amounts and encourage all the people of this nation to contribute small sums to the candidates of their choice. Instead of calculating the political costs of this or that policy and of weighing favors of this or that group, depending on whether that group voted for me in 1968, I would remind all Americans at this hour of the words of Abraham Lincoln, a house divided cannot stand. She broke out the old honest aid quote. <laughs> but that was 1972 Shirley Chisholm running for president. You know, she was the first black female to run for president. Y'all, Some of y'all probably didn't even know that somebody had done that. But uh, so that was Shirley Chisholm. Now, Preacher Man and Kevin had a tie. Y'all came in at the same time, so that means I'm splitting it. <laughs> the $5 that Preacher Man would get, I'm going to keep. <laughs> and Kevin. Now, I'm going to get Kevin the whole 10 since he, since he tied with you, Preacher Man. I'm going to get, come on, man. Come on, preacher man, you got to come faster than that, man. Dang, I got to give up the whole thing now because I just, you know, now everybody's seeing Shirley Chisholm. Now everybody's seeing. <laughs> I think Kevin, is that the first time you won? Is that your first time? Let's see here. I think so. It's your first time. So you're getting a little confidence now. Okay, see, once you win one time, you get a little confidence. All right, so, all right, let's move on to the third person. Yeah, let's do this person here. Hold on a second. I have a high school diploma in woodworking because nobody thought I was college material. I do not have an earned degree. Now, I have honorary doctorate degrees that were bestowed upon me for my body of work. 
But I'm out floors for three years on the midnight shift at LaGuardia Airport. There you go, preacher man. But I had a very... My man coming through for me. My man. That's what I'm talking about. Preacher man got that one. That's what I'm talking about. I'll let it play out, though. My man. Very high EQ, emotional intelligence. I had a average IQ, but a very high emotional intelligence. So my ability to cultivate, nurture, and to build relationships and to get people to like me and I love people was extraordinarily high. And it was my high EQ, my interpersonal and people skills that ultimately landed me in the Minority Business Hall of Fame and Museum with John H. Johnson, Bob Johnson, Earl Graves, A.G. Gaston, but I have a high school diploma in woodworking. Mm. You know, with the emotional intelligence, the EQ, really the mindset, that's what he's talking about. That's what he's talking about. But Preacher Man got that. That's Mr. George Frazier. Um, success in our race. He has, he has a number of books out. He's up in Cleveland, Ohio. He's actually um, friends with, you know, my wife's family. So during the holidays, sometimes... I would see him, you know, and uh, I remember one time, uh, this was back in the day, probably 2008, 2009. Some of y'all might, well, I don't know, Tammy probably is the only one on here that was, I don't know, could have been somebody else. But you remember the event I had um, at the uh, the holiday, not the holiday, the, the perimeter hotel right there. Um, can't think of the name of the hotel. They didn't remodeled it now right off the exit across from Perimeter Mall. And I had Ty Best come in and speak. And Ty Best kind of, he came out, you know, on a two-day notice. I called him because my speaker was going to be Tracy Lynn, and Tracy's mother passed. So she called and said she couldn't come. Uh, a mother or a father passed or something, so she couldn't come. So I reached out to George Frazier. <laughs> he hit me back with a number that I, <laughs> I said, how much would you charge? <laughs> <laughs> he hit me with a number that knocked me off my feet. I said, oh, no. <laughs> I, I called my father-in-law. I said, you can't get him to do better than that. He said, no, nah, that's it. He, he ain't budging. I said, oh. Well, let's call Ty Best, see if I can get him. And he came, and uh, that was an excellent trend. Some of y'all have seen the video of that when uh, when uh, Ty Best spoke, but he came through. I mean, he really came through for us, but George Frazier said, uh, this what I need. <laughs> I said, I, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for responding back. <laughs> but, uh, can't do that. All right, so we got one more. Um, all right, this is the last one. I'm going to be shocked if any of y'all could pull this one off. I ain't going to give you a hint. I might have to give you a hint after I, after I play it, though. morning person. I want to be a morning person. I'll do my best to be a morning person, but I find that I stay up late. I do a lot of my thinking late at night um, and work late at night, but I wish I was one of those 4 a.m. go for a jog, happy as, as, as a clam. <laughs> During COVID, I admit I've become something of a night owl, so I'll get up um, between 7 and 8 a.m. Usually my dog is like really cozied up. <laughs> He's little spoon. <laughs> I'll usually have five to ten text messages <laughs> waiting for me sent at all points of the night. I try to trim down on email as much as possible. I know y'all weren't going to get that one. That was a good try. Um, wait a minute, who said that? Who was that? Hold on, hold on. All right, Harry, try it again, Harry, whatever you... No, that's not it. <laughs> you're getting close there, Harry. You, you, you're right there. You got to do better than that, though. I can't believe that. I was just about to tell y'all who it is, and she got it. Go ahead, Harry. Harry, so I'm in the game here. I'm in the game. Go ahead, Harry. Harry pulled that one off, so I swear I ain't thinking about I was going to get that one. But uh, that's, uh, I can't pronounce that middle name, but that's, uh, somebody says it's going to be the first 
female president, but we'll see. <laughs> yeah, she is the youngest member of Congress. Alexandria Ocasia Cortez, I guess it's Ocasia. How you have you Ocasia, but it's Alexandria. They call it the OCC. Uh, the, uh, the OCC, uh, but that's a sharp. She's very sharp. Um, go ahead, Harriet. Is it the OCC or the OOC? No, AOC. That's what it is. AOC. Uh, but yeah, she's sharp. Very sharp. Um, go ahead, Harriet. I might want to double down on that one. I ain't believe. I ain't believe you can get that one. We do have one more. I thought that was the last one. All right. So, all right. Some of y'all are like, who's that? It's the AOC. Well, I said the OCC. Somebody, somebody's a football player named that. <laughs> All right, here's the last one. We can make it a moment, you know? Yeah, I haven't spoken on it yet. Like, it doesn't have to be Clubhouse. It could be my space. Like, that's fine. I would be happy to just be with, with you know, to be with you guys, you know? Oh, that's <laughs> I don't need other people being like, yeah, I'm so good at this and that. Yo, that's what I does. Whatever. I'm tired of it. <laughs> oh, my God. Listen, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking about doing some fun things um, that I don't want to say whether they include, like, whether it's Pride Month or, like, who I'm working with, whatever. But, like, I just want you guys to tell me, would you think that was good? Like, <laughs> Did I get any guess? Well, I got Gabriel Union. Mm-mm. But that was a good shot. Uh-uh. Go ahead, Pam. Pam came through. I was about to play it again. I guess I can play it again, but Pam got that one. Okay, I got Nicki Minaj. I got... Uh, who else? Somebody just said Nicki Minaj. Somebody said Shonda Rhimes. But Pamela Boutte. Pamela Boutte got it. I'm going to play it again see if y'all can guess it. We can make it a moment, you know? Yeah, I haven't spoken on it yet. Like, it doesn't have to be Clubhouse. It could be my space. Like, that's fine. I would be happy to just be with, with you know, to be with you guys, you know? Oh, that's right. I don't need other people being like, yeah, I'm so good at this and that. Yo, that's what I does. Whatever. I'm tired of it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my like, God. Listen, I'm, I'm like, thinking, I'm thinking about doing some fun things um, that I don't want to say whether they include, like, whether it's Pride Month or, like, who I'm working with, whatever. But, like, I just want you guys to tell me, would you think that was good? Like, <laughs> So, Pamela got that one. And let me end it with this person. And I'm going to say this, that she did a song that when I hear it, I could actually visualize every lyric in that song and see it and feel it. Like, you know, it's another song like that. I've probably, it's probably a bunch of songs, but the only song I think of is uh, Sing About Me with uh, Kendrick Lamar. If you ever heard that song, and it's about uh, two of his partners, well, one of his partners who knew he was going to die because he just couldn't get out the drug game. And he knew Kendrick was going to be successful. So he said that whenever you get big, promise me you'll sing about me. Because he knew that he wasn't going to get out the, the dope, I mean, the game. He wasn't going to, and something was going to happen to him, which it did. Matter of fact, it happened to him in the song, the way he did the song. But you could literally visualize the way he did that song, and I could visualize myself just understanding clearly what Kendrick Lamar was talking about with Sing About Me. Because they asked him, he said, yeah, it's true. You know, I, you know that was about one of his his. his the dude's brother was killed the night before or something, and Kendrick was trying to, you know, get him to the hospital real fast, and he was telling Kendrick, I know you love my brother, and I know you know all of that, but that's just the game we in, and eventually I'm going to be that person too. But don't forget to sing about me whenever you get big. And that's how that song came about, so I can visually see it. This song I'm about to play by the person who Pam just named, I can visually see this song too, because I mean I could really listen to the words the way it was written, and 
man, it's just a song that you can really hear the lyrics. So the answer, and we're going to close it out with that song, um, is Mariah Carey. So, and this is the song here. And we out of here, folks. Talk to you later. This is too deep. too deep I gotta change the station so